Welcome to the Sales Tips for Pros podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. In this CPSA podcast episode, we talk about the strategies and methodologies for growing a business. As a leader, you should always be seeking new ways to get ahead of the competition. One of the best ways to achieve this is by adopting innovative business ideas from all corners of the marketplace. Our guest expert is Mario Martinez Jr. Mario is CEO at Vengresso. The firm's digital sales experts have trained business professionals in more than 2,000 companies. Mario was recently a guest on the Proposify Biz Chat podcast with Kyle Racky, where he explored innovative business ideas that lead to growth. And I enjoyed the show so much that I just had to explore some of the points with him a bit more and get a better feel for how him and his team are exceeding. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. Mario, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, my friend. Bill, great to be on the show with you and excited to be here with you guys again. Yeah, listen, this, this isn't the first time that I've, I've been lucky enough to interview Mario. It, it, it's always great fun, Mario, and I always learn a lot. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, you set uh, the bar too high, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's jump into the questions. Firstly, let's talk about paying attention to the needs of your clients. Uh, it seems like a really obvious one, okay, but uh, just why is this so vital? Well, that's a great question. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up with a quote uh, and that is nothing happens till somebody sells something. Uh, and so if you if you think about paying attention to the needs of your clients, this is basic fundamentals, rudimentary 101. However, uh, I'm going to lump inside of here, not just clients, but prospects. I'm going to lump inside of here lost clients. I'm going to lump inside of here clients that you won as well. And um, what you'll see and what you'll find is generally when uh, I think one of the, the lost arts of selling is really understanding why you won or why you lost uh, a particular client. Um, and if you if you think about it, um, most sales reps will put a, submit a win report and they'll say, "Oh, we won because you know we had the best solution, it was the best product, or the best best pricing." That is actually usually not the reason why you will win uh, a particular deal. Uh, same thing if you lost. Most most sales reps will look at it and they'll say, "Oh, it's because we actually lost the deal because price." Uh, we lost the deal because we didn't have this particular feature or function. That's actually not the reason why you'd primarily lose. Generally, if you take the time to listen to the to your clients, you're going to um, really hear that uh, what they felt was that you didn't meet the needs of the client, that you didn't address those particular elements that were business problems and or you didn't even know what they were. So, the, the needs of a client are are really centered around what business problem 
are you solving? And what happens when you don't solve that business problem? What is the impending event? Um, and, and even things like, you know, coming down, I, I literally, I was just on a, on a call with a CEO of a, a extremely well-known company that we are um, looking at engaging with. And uh, he and I, we're talking because we're, we're working on a, on a deal um, and his team um, came to me and they reduced the price in the SOW. And I called him up and said, hey, my team told me that, you know, your team reduced the price. Well, what, what's the reason for that? And he said, well, actually, the reason for that is because we have to ensure that we don't um, uh, go over a certain price point. Because if we do, then we have to go through special approvals, this, that and the other. And I said, so what's the price point? And he said, X. And I said, so if we went a dollar under the price point, would that solve the problem? He was like, technically, yes, it would. Perfect. Then instead of reducing it by $2,000, which is what you guys did, let's reduce it by a dollar. You good with that? He was like, absolutely. He said, so you'll be able to get it passed through your finance approvals? Yes, absolutely. Okay, fantastic. So you need to understand that if they're trying to get something through the process, right? They were trying to keep way under the radar screen, but you know, what, what was that price point? And that was super important to understand. Like, what was the goal here? Because I could have pushed back and said, guys, this is our, we, we can't go any further. This is it. This is done. Or I could have asked the question like I did, which is, why? Why are you doing this? What was the purpose uh, of that? And then understand, oh, this is so that you don't have to go get extra approvals. Got it. Let me help you by reducing by a dollar, right? Does that make sense, Bill? Yeah, it absolutely does. And you know what? I've, I've been in that situation before, and I've, I've been guilty of not uh, qualifying the, the exact reason why they can't hit um, a, a particular uh, quote, you know, meet, meet a particular quote. Um, I do, however, think you're being terribly generous. I mean, I think a quarter would have been satisfactory, maybe even a cent. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Maybe even a cent. Yeah, there you go. You know, and, and one more thing I want to say about paying attention to the needs of your clients, and I, I think this is super important. Uh, you know, look, the reality is, is this thing called the internet now exists, and our buyers uh, are much smarter at buying than sales are, is, is at selling. Right. Our buyers are smarter at buying than sales is at selling. And so, you know, it, it boils back down, in my opinion, to relationship based selling and looking at building a relationship of trust and trust is going to be based upon helping. And so I have a quote. I talk about this. You'll see it actually a graphic on my, my social feed. Sales is the art of helping. And if the client feels like you are helping them, they will feel like their needs are being met. And then that results in business and growth. So today's show is more geared towards uh, uh, sales managers, senior leadership, and, and the C-suites. Tell me in your experience about, about how you've led your team to embrace a new mindset that keeps them focused and striving towards a clear goal or several KPIs, what, what you've dubbed the road to 30 million. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. So, you know, like every sales leader knows that they have a number, whether your number is a, at a manager level, director level, vice president, president level, it doesn't really matter. You've got a number to meet. And uh, that number could be a million dollars or it could be uh, $500 uh, million. Uh, could be even larger than that. It could be a, into the billions, right? So every person has a number. The question is, does everyone know what the number is that they're going after? Uh, 
Um, and so I like to think of this as a little bit differently. Like, you know, salespeople have a quota and yeah, their quota may be, uh, you know, a million dollars or half a million dollars or whatever the number is inside their territory. But do they understand the bigger picture of what the organization is going after? Are you reporting not just on their number and how their individual performance is going, but are you actually measuring against the team? And you know what's interesting is um, if you were to look at your sales organization and you were to go out and ask um, uh, everybody supporting the sales organization from customer success to pre-sales engineering to uh, the salespeople, and you were to ask just say 25 people, what is our company goal for this year? I promise you that you're going to get 25 different answers and majority of them won't even know what the company goal is. So I'm a big believer that people want to be part of something. They want to be part of a movement. They want to be part of following uh, a team, a group, a goal, a task, you name it. And that's really what the road to 30 million is all about. Now, whether or not we hit $15 million in uh, in uh, um, annual recurring revenue and we have a multiplier of 2x that gets us to the road to 30 million and then we sell our company at that, like it, it, it doesn't really matter whether it's that or a road to 30 million, which is $30 million in terms of uh, uh, um, revenue for the company. Our focus is, is that we've got to get to a position where we can be considered for that $30 million price tag, right? And everybody needs to understand that this is what we're focused on. So whether you've got contractors working for you, employees, whether you've got leaders or whether you've got founders, what they need to have is a clear goal of what the team is striving for. Why? Because everybody within Vingresso and certainly any other company that's listening to right now, the team, people wanna be part of the team. And people will actually be willing to do more things for the team than they will for themselves. So if you focus in on taking the team mindset and embracing this mindset that you've got a clear strategic goal and making sure that everybody's on point with that goal and how the team is performing and then how they are performing against that particular goal – you're going to have some great success. And that's what I find is in most sales organizations, uh, especially as you get up in size, um, the, the individual salesperson has no idea what the team goal is. And we're not talking about the team as in their manager. We're talking about the team as the organization, that they are part of a much bigger uh, piece of this pie. And um, you know they'll be willing to play harder, work harder, and work smarter and do more if, in fact, they know that they're part of the team and that they, they're working to, and striving towards that team goal. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Thank you very much. So uh, as part of striving for goals and, and looking to grow is, is looking to create a scalable and, and replicable uh, organization. Can you, it, it's such a deep topic, we, we can't cover it all today, but can you, can you give me a sense, the, the essence of, of what you think should go into creating that replicable and scalable company. So, so um, duplicatable, replicatable, uh, scalable processes. I am, uh, forgive the use of the term, but I, I'm a, like a Nazi about this particular element, right? Uh, and and when I, I use that word um, uh, with the essence of, I, I, there isn't anything that we should be doing that is one-off because one-offs 
are not scalable. They are not what's going to get us to the road to 30 million. And everything that we do must be duplicatable and replicatable. Why? Because if we create a process and it's a process that actually can make us, I'm sorry, it's a product for supporting a process that can make us money, then we need to figure out how do we replicate that and how do we duplicate that process so that we can scale it and make more money. And that's everything that, that from my perspective is, is forget the one-offs, drop the one-offs, create one contract, create one process to create one methodology, create one uh, um, uh, customer success program, create one script. You know, though, though, that's the idea of creating um, a duplicatable, replicatable, and scalable organization. Um, and the problem is, is that the larger we get, the harder it is. But I would challenge every single leader that's listening to this podcast right now. And I would go out and ask, again, pick 25 random people within your sales organization and ask them, what do they see as a broken process? Then put that on your, uh, on a quarterly basis, take the top three things that are the most commonly things that are announced as um, broken processes and go fix those three processes. By the time you get done with the year, you'll have three per quarter times 12. You would have accomplished 12 broken, major broken things that if you remove them from your business, if you can figure out how to banish the distraction, right? Uh, then at, at that point, then you will be able to scale your business quicker, faster, and better. And you know, the good news is, is for us as a Vingresso, as a, as a small business, um, as a startup company, um, we, are, we are formerly a startup company. However, we basically merged together multiple or companies under one umbrella that had been in business for as long as 15 years. So we've got a lot of stuff that we're like, wait, you did this? Why? But why? But why? And ask the why question. And, and it drives my team crazy. I'm like, but why? No, no, no. That doesn't make sense. That's not duplicatable, replicatable. And it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're in marketing product, whether you're in finance, you're in special pricing, whether you're in operations, whether you're in support, whether you are a salesperson or not. Why? That's what you need to ask yourself because if it's not duplicatable, replicatable, and scalable that supports a product that can drive net positive margin, then you shouldn't be doing it. And that's that's from my perspective. Um, what goes into creating it is actually asking the question, why? Why do you need to do it? Well, I think I just gave you that answer as to why do you need to do that? Because that's how you're going to be able to eliminate the distractions from within the organization to help you sell more. Okay, thank you. Let's now talk about learning to count the cost and making the tough decisions. Oh, no. As a leader, you've got to learn when it's the right time to go all in and when to let an opportunity pass by. Uh, does that just come from experience, Mario, or are there, are, there, are there clear strategies that people can employ today to help with this? Wow, that's a great question. Um <laughs> So I think it's a little bit of art and it's a little, and it's a little bit of science. So well, not a little bit, it's a lot of art and it's a lot of science um, uh, to answer this question. Uh, and it does come with experience. Um, not to say that somebody with less experience couldn't, 
couldn't say let's punt on a, on an opportunity or a deal. Um, but it does come with experience. Um, however, I'm going to give you a real life example. And there was um, a relationship that our chief marketing officer had brought to the table. Um, and he wanted me to go out and meet with the the, the, the team to become, um, you know, have a partnership based discussion. And I was like, you know, it's just not in our wheelhouse. It's just not something that we're interested in. Um, that's not certainly a focus of ours. And he was like, just do it. It's the right thing. Can't you trust me? I've been in the business for 45 years or 40 years, whatever he's been in. It's not that long but you get the idea uh and and, and so uh i i said geez come on i mean like look at the reality of this. This is what's going to, the outcome is going to be. Um, this is what's going to, you know, be in terms of being our time, I got to drive down. I got And so, uh, net of it was, uh, our chief sales officer, uh, talked to our chief marketing officer. And then he called me up and said, listen, you need to go just shut up and go, right. Just trust our judgment. So despite my, my, my hesitation, um, of going and being part of this opportunity, um, I ended up going, well, here's where the results. Nine months later, not only did we land a phenomenal contract with them to sell to, but we also acquired their services for use internally to solve a very specific problem that we had internally. So, you know, it, I, 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 that story I tell is because sometimes you have the experience, but you've got a hunch and it's wrong. Um, so how do you count the cost and make a tough decision, whether it's people personnel or whether it's process or whether it's opportunity uh there's a number of things that you think leaders need to take into consideration one is this going to get us any further um according to our mission of where we want to go and you might not think the answer is yes you might think the answer is no but if you're not sure if you're not absolutely positive ask somebody else and trust the judgment the other piece of the pie is if you believe it's the wrong thing to do or the right thing to do, but you've got your, 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 your team that is saying it is the, whatever the opposite is. You, if you say it's wrong and they say it's right, like in my circumstance, then you've got to trust the people that you put in place in order to be able to help you get where you want to go. So um, I, I think from that perspective, you know, that, that applies to opportunities as well, Bill, um, from an opportunity perspective. When we're looking at chasing opportunities, you got to have the gut and you got to have the science. The gut says all indications point to that there's a need, there's a problem, there's an impending event, and there's a budget, right? Uh, and and the, the, that, that, that is the, the science behind it. But then you have the art. Will this per does this person have the right relationship? Have we been able to warm up to each other? Um, have we been able to work with each other well? Um, do they believe in us? Do they have the trust? And those are things that you well, it's hard to ask a question and get the real answer to. You've got you only know that based upon interacting with an individual, um, and even then, sometimes you're wrong. So you got to learn to count the costs. You got to make the tough decisions, and sometimes you do have to walk away from an opportunity. And those are some of the best opportunities that we've walked away from. And we said, you know what? We're not the right fit. Um, we have two suggestions. Either you go with somebody who's A, cheaper, or B, save your money. And here's why I recommend you save your money. Um, and that has gone over really, really well. And majority of the time, we actually win those types of deals when we tell somebody to save their money because what they're trying to do um, without a plan in place to develop and grow the, the, the process or system that we'll put in place is only going to be a fruitless exercise. So, and they respect that. So any case, is it worth it? Absolutely. And 
unfortunately, it does require a level of expertise. So if you're young at heart or young at period in the, in, in the world of sales, you got to rely on the expertise and bounce ideas off. And if you're seasoned like myself and you've got a gut and your people are telling you the opposite, you got to listen to the people who you empowered. So listeners, a couple of years ago now, I guess, uh, I, I reached out to Mario in a completely cold capacity with a fairly good proposition, I guess, which is uh, reaching out to you wonderful CPSA members and, and other listeners out there. And, and he was very gracious. And I've got to say, he's always been one of the most friendly and knowledgeable guests that I've had an opportunity to, to interview so far. And, and Mario, I just want to finish with today uh, by saying thank you again, and, and also uh, to ask you how our listeners can learn more about you and the work done at Vengresso. Uh, so great question. So first off, if you're interested in exploring how to create more conversations with more qualified buyers using digital sales prospecting, well, go to vingresso.com. That's V-E-N-G-R-E-S-O.com. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn, Mario Martinez Jr. And make sure you send a personalized note saying the CPA, a CPSA podcast rocks. Uh, that'll be my clue for where you heard me at. And uh, last but not least, on Twitter, at M, as in Mario, underscore three. The number three, J-R, is my Twitter handle. And uh, also, if you go to at CPSA, there's a little plug there. You'll, you'll often see uh, retweets and whatnot of Mario's content because uh, he graciously shares our content too. So it's all about sharing the love. And for today, Mario, I just want to finish up by saying thank you very much. Thank you so much, my friend, for having me. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy selling. Thank you for listening to the Sales Tips for Pros show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.